podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. We are entering the 22nd week of 2022, and America has already seen 213 mass shootings. This averages out to about 10 a week, 10 a week. The numbers I'm sharing are being reported from an independent data collection organization called Gun Violence Archive. The group defines a mass shooting as an incident in which four or more people are shot or killed, excluding the shooter. I know that this subject may be very difficult to hear and get through, but please know that we're going to get through that together during this episode. More importantly, I'm going to be sharing ways of navigating and healing through these types of events. Hi there, I'm Dr. Kelly Ray. I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer, and I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't like to talk about, but we know we want to do better for ourselves because it's good for our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you that continues to maybe keep you stuck or keep you in a place of not completely thriving or living the life that you'd want. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about ways we can cope with the effects of mass shootings and other tragic events. No doubt this is a hot topic and one that can be very triggering for many on various levels. I know myself, I'm being triggered by this as well, which is why I thought we should be talking about this. We should be having conversations about this so we can try to make sense. And and we may not be able to make sense per se of one's mental state of mind is why they choose to do something but I think we need conversations and we need action and we need things to be done on a level of mental wellness mental health you know we are looking for outside sources pointing fingers you know blaming weapons whether it be a car whether it be a gun whether it be I don't I don't know but there's usually somebody that's behind those objects that are a result of these horrible horrific things happening I feel it's fair to share with you that I'm definitely have my own biases on this subject being a single mom of only one child the thought terrifies me of something happening to her as she's now entering into college. But to be having this happen on the U.S. soil in an elementary school, for crying out loud, it shouldn't happen on any school. It shouldn't happen at all. But the fact that now it just keeps escalating to a level of now hitting our greatest treasures, our greatest gifts, our greatest blessings, our children. This is unbelievable 
actually, and to even fathom such a heinous act of horror upon anyone, especially children, is unimaginable. Mass shootings, as is well known now, are continuing to happen throughout the United States. Last year, 2021, we had 693 mass shootings. And the year before, we saw 611. And in 2019, we had 417. That's unbelievable to me. Unspeakable, actually. And why? Why is this continuing? Part of it, you know, just again with my own bias, is mental illness. What there's mental illness has so many variables to it. And we've, as a society, have gone, at least in my opinion, pretty far off the rails as far as what our values are, you know, family values, work values, our, you know, mental wellness. I, I think in, you know, dare I say that we, as a state of California, where I live, did a grave injustice when in, the, I believe it was the late 70s, early 80s, they decided to close down mental health facilities didn't want to fund them anymore. They shot these patients up with something called Thorazine. And, you know, if you've ever heard the expression, the Thorazine shuffle, that was as a result of these patients being injected with this Thorazine. And they were just left wandering outside these facilities with nowhere to go. Not even sure how that was even possible to happen. But here we are 30 years later and just based on these numbers I've shared with you with regards to mass shootings, these aren't just individuals, these are large groups of people, to me is showing a sign that we are going in the very wrong direction, not only as this particular state, but as a country with regards to our mental health. Are the individuals responsible for these horrific acts crazy or insane? That would be an easy assumption to conclude, but I'm not aware of many of these individuals being clinically diagnosed as such. However, that does not take away from the mental health of these individuals. Moreover, these individuals are not the only ones who are struggling with mental health and emotional stability right now. Our mental health has definitely been pushed to the limits over the last couple of years. And for some, the last couple of years were the quote unquote triggers that were pulled causing unthinkable actions of destruction. Not just destruction on a massive level, but on an individual level as well. Think domestic violence, think alcohol, drug abuse, think gambling addiction, think sexual assault, think verbal, physical abuse to your child, 
spouse, or yourself, think anxiety, stress, and or depression. It's easy to point the blame, fingers, and anger towards these large events because of the magnitude behind them. But let's not forget about our own thoughts, our own behaviors, and our own actions towards stress, anxiety, depression, and other mental health concerns. Now we know our political leaders on either side of the aisle will use these events as platforms to incite fear, which is often used to manipulate you when it comes to voting for them. I mean, if we're going to be talking about all of this, let's just throw it all on the table because change and solutions come from being able to see everything on the table, not just the hand-picked things we'd like to see. And honestly, that's all I want to say on the subject of politics because this is more about how we as a nation, as a body of beautiful souls, can cope and heal from atrocities not promoting or slandering political parties. It definitely starts with our own willingness to look at our own mental and emotional stability. If we are merely comparing our mental and emotional wellness against that of a mass violent offender, then we are doing ourselves a disservice. I would be misleading you if I told you I haven't experienced any stress, anxiety, or even depression over the last couple years. And I would be misleading you if I told you when I had these experiences that I magically snapped my fingers and everything got better. No, it was a process and one that required my full attention and even at times with the help from others. We are not infallible, even with our degrees, education, and life experiences. Life has a way of humbling us, of challenging us, and even bending us. And it requires our attention and commitment to ourselves to stay on top of our wellness, even if it requires the help of others. Look, as one woman talking to another woman, we are the first to say, I'm fine, even when we're not. We don't want to bother anyone. We need to be strong and independent. We need to hold it together for the sake of the family. And I'm going to call BS on all of that nonsense. Again, I'm not going to lie. I slip back into those spaces of being quote unquote fine and feeling I have to be strong for the sake of the family. And I also have to remind myself of what it means to be strong and fine. Merely mumbling the words, I'm fine, rather than letting someone know you're not, is potentially harmful to your family and self. Merely bucking up, sucking it up, and holding it in and never addressing it later is potentially harmful to your family and to yourself. 
Merely saying, one day I'll be able to address all of this is potentially harmful, again, to your family and to yourself. We as adults need to lead by example, and that includes being able to ask and seek help when we're feeling stressed, anxious, and or depressed or sad. I'm not encouraging this as a crutch and not taking responsibility for your actions or your feelings, but rather as a means for helping you to help yourself to get out of your head, to get out of your own way. And that, quite honestly, is one of the hardest things is to get inside someone's head and be able to navigate those dark spots, which is why it's our job to be the gatekeepers of our minds so that when those moments of darkness or those moments of spiral downward happen, that we have practiced already reaching out, asking for assistance, asking for someone to help us work through these thoughts so that we don't let them take us down that really dark, destructive pathway. All of these experiences, stress, anxiety, panic, depression, overwhelm, etc., are all thoughts that are derived in our minds and heightened by our emotions. Think of a hostage negotiation, for example. It's the negotiator's job to get into the mind of the one conducting the hostage situation to diffuse them, to to cease the situation from going any further. This is the role I see counselors, coaches like myself serving in order to help you get out of those emotional states that hinder you from living your fully vibrant life. Look, I get it. Some days we're killing it every single day. We're doing just fabulous. We're doing well. And then sometimes life happens. And whether it be you raising kids or you've lost your job or, you know, you're in debt over your eyeballs, these things happen. You get sick and now all of a sudden you're not able to work. These little emotions, they seem little, But they can just seem to creep right in without us even being aware of it. If we're not the gatekeepers of our mind. And before you know it, now we're grappling with something and then too afraid to ask for help. And I'm going to encourage you to be that's something that you learn to practice doing. We're not meant here to be single individuals just going it alone. Our whole lives, we One of our basic human needs is that of connection with others. It does matter who you keep your company with. You know, the people that you surround yourself the most are usually the people that you tend to become and behave like. So that's certainly something to look at. When we leave our thoughts and emotions unchecked, they can lead us down a very dark, destructive path and one that may be difficult to recover from. If we as adults aren't willing to be accountable and responsible for our continual mental and emotional wellness, how on earth can we expect our kids and their kids to come to do the same for themselves? Look, over the course of the last few weeks, reports of mass violence and shootings have plagued the news and social media. 
Although people are resilient and often bounce back after difficult times, these events nearly always interrupt our sense of order and safety. The impact often extends to individuals who live far outside of the affected area with no personal connection to the event. This is especially true when the event is human-caused with the intent of harming others. Think of 9-11. I'm sure just saying 9-11 right now has you immediately going back to, you can remember exactly where you were and what you were doing on that dreadful day. You didn't even have to be in New York for you to have been impacted by that. That's where we're at right now. In the aftermath of recent shootings, let's look at some tips to help manage our mental and emotional wellness. And before I share these tips, I'd also encourage you to go to my website, drkellyray.com, D-R-K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E.com, and check out my latest blog post as I'll have some additional resources for you on this very subject matter, in addition to the tips I'm going to share with you right now. First one, attend to self-care. I know that this is one I talk about on many levels with regards to our mental and emotional wellness, and it cannot be stated enough, the importance of self-care. While it may seem counterintuitive to think about taking care of yourself first, you cannot be of service to others if you are unstable. Monitor all of your physical health needs, being sure to eat, sleep, physical movement, and if possible, Maintain a normal routine. There is a reason why the flight attendants on the plane instruct you to put your oxygen mask on first. It's so that you can tend to others. You cannot be of service to others if you are not taking care of yourself. Number two, pay attention to your emotional health. Remember that a wide range of feelings during these difficult times are common. Know that others are also experiencing emotional reactions and may need your time and patience to put their feelings and thought in order. Emotions can be running at an all-time high or a complete emotional shutdown likened to a numbness feeling, which is vital to understand what is happening to you and to not make any significant decisions. Yes, if your safety is in immediate danger, then for sure we have to act. But if you're not in immediate danger and feeling heightened emotions or feelings of numbness, then I encourage you to reach out and connect with someone to create a sense of connection. Be willing to reach out for help from a coach or a counselor who can help you navigate these feelings in a safe space. The key is finding the wherewithal to let someone in. Our minds can be our greatest resources or our worst nightmare. So I encourage you, be willing to let someone in to help and allow you 
to process what it is that you're feeling and experiencing. Number three, try to recognize when you or those around you may need extra support. It is not uncommon for individuals of all ages to experience stress reactions when exposed, even through media, to shootings or mass violence. Changes in eating and sleeping habits, energy level and mood are important signs of distress. Watch for regressed behaviors such as children being more clingy and intense emotional reactions such as anxiety, panic, or a strong need for retribution in adults. When necessary, point individuals to licensed professional counselors who can provide needed support. There are trauma response counselors, therapists that specialize absolutely in this type of environment. Let them know you need their support. People are more than likely willing to help others before themselves. So if you can get them to support you by going to talk to someone, you might be saving them. In other words, don't be afraid to go say, hey, I need you, can you go with me? I need to go talk to somebody to process these feelings and give them an opportunity to come with you and let them be able to share as well. Again, my website is drkellyray.com. My latest blog post has resources available for this type of help. This is not the time to step into I'm fine mode. It's the time to process these feelings in order to healthily continue on. Number four, avoid overexposure to media. While it is important to stay informed, media portrayals of shootings and mass death have been shown to cause acute stress and post-traumatic stress syndrome. Limit your exposure and take a break from news sources and or social media. As a side note here, news sources, if you are not aware of this, have shifted over the years with social media now available. And as a result, these news stations have had to up their sensational game in order to continue to capture your attention for their ratings, which in my opinion means they'll go to any extent to capture your attention. And what better way than through fear. Social media, on the other hand, has become a place where we gather and share our opinions, views, and beliefs, which can either join us or divide us as a community. We have enough division and angst to draw from, but now is the time to join together for the sake of the wellness of our nation. Number five, maintain contact with friends and family. These individuals can provide you with emotional support to help deal with these difficult times. You may feel guilty or shameful if you're laughing and joking with your family or seeming to have fun when you think you should be feeling sad and mad. Look, healing takes many forms and facets. 
there can be something that unites us closer that happens when you can all share a precious moment like laughter, just as you can feel that when you're holding each other closely. Grief takes on many different emotional phases and feeling guilty about laughter, laughing could just merely be a release of stress. I just want you to know that. Number six, focus on your strength base. Maintain practices that you have found to provide emotional relief. Remind yourself of people and events which are meaningful and comforting. This is where I'm going to encourage you to lean into your gratitude journal or routine. You may not immediately be immediately impacted by this latest shooting like the parents or grandparents of the innocent children or the siblings, which is why leaning into our daily practice of gratitude can hold much needed space for those that are going through this. We are energetic beings, which I know may sound a little like woo-woo talk to some of you, but I'd like you to consider this for a minute. Have you ever been to a war protest? And have you ever been to a peace rally before? There is a different energy that goes with these different events. Here's another example. Have you ever gone to, let's say, a state fair where they have an exhibit hall? You walk in and almost immediately find yourself drawn towards the booth that has people gathered around it as opposed to the booth that has no one standing next to it. We're curious creatures and we want to get a quote unquote sense of wanting to know what's happening. So we go towards that which feels like something is happening. Bottom line here, your thoughts, prayers, and daily routines towards keeping your mental, physical, and emotional body balanced ripples out and impacts those around you and those around them. Number seven, talk to others as needed. It is important to ask for help if you're having trouble recovering and everyday tasks seem difficult to manage. Look, there's no shame in the game if you're reaching for help. In fact, you rank pretty doggone high in my book because that means you care about yourself and your wellness along with how you're choosing to show up for your kids and your family and your community. I encourage you to ask sooner rather than waiting until you're at your wit's end because honestly, do we really know what our wit's end is? We may think we do, but each time we push it off, brush it off, and not deal with it, we risk losing it sooner rather than later. We risk not being able to stop ourselves from dipping deeper into despair or depression. We risk not being able to pull ourselves out of a funk. We don't have to have something significantly tragic happen to us to knock us off our game. In fact, it's usually the little things that get brushed off, pushed aside, or find a way that lead those seemingly big breaking moments. 
Here's what I know. Life continues to roll on whether we're prepared for it or not. Both amazing and tragic events on grand scales and small scales will continue to occur. And it's imperative that we develop healthy, solid mental and emotional processes in order to navigate our earthly experiences here. Consider this. We spend time maintaining our cars, downloading updates on our computers and phones, and repairing things on our homes. So why wouldn't it stand to reason that if we're paying that much attention to our minds, body, and overall wellness that we'd fare much better? Risk less breakage, risk less stress, anxiety, and depression, risk less negative outbursts towards ourselves and others. There is no doubt that our hearts are extremely heavy after this mass shooting in Texas and the grief wave that has created, I, like you, feel it strong. I feel my own internal reactions of heaviness, frustration, and yes, even anger. When we have these inner reactions, we often want to lash out or blame or try and make sense of it all immediately. Why? Because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. That's just, that's we're always trying to move away from that that makes us uncomfortable. I understand that impulse, and I have found myself in those moments as well at various points in my life. It does no good to sit in judgment of someone else's grieving. We each grieve in our own way. Life has the potential to break or mend your heart, depending on what you choose. My heart goes out to everyone grieving the loss of their loved ones, especially through horrific and tragic means. I hope that our empathy as a people can help create a healthier evolved world and that the powerlessness that so many feel in these moments around our broken and sometimes corrupt and inhumane system can be rectified in the coming years and even decades to come. My hope and prayer is that this world can transform into one with humane leadership and systems that care about all groups, races, and demographics. And if you found this episode helpful, then I encourage you to follow this podcast and share it with others. Because every week I share ways to help you get through your week. And lastly, and certainly not least, if you'd like to connect with me or if there's some way that I can help you, here are some ways that you can connect or reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Again, Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. On Facebook, it's Dr. Kelly Ray B. B is in brown. My website is drkellyray.com. My email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.